Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, are you ready? The Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last-minute gifts across the store. Like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon. And save up to 50% on comfy, stylish outerwear for the whole fam. Add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1224. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Hey everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host John Alba every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here, no fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and of course the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now and listen at adfreeshows.com. Jim Crockett Promotions presents Ric Flair's Last Match, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. StarCast Weekend in Nashville, bringing wrestling companies together for one of the most unique cards ever assembled. Main evented by Ric Flair's Last Match. Tickets are on sale right now at rickflairslastmatch.com. And you can catch the show live streaming on pay-per-view and Fight TV for only $34.99. Ric Flair's Last Match. Walk in that aisle one more time for the last time. StarCast is presented in part by ProWrestlingTees.com. T-shirts designed and sold by over 2,500 pro wrestlers. By Lenny Bakken, certified financial planner. And by Powerbomb Pizza. Pizza crafted and sold by pro wrestlers. Powerbomb Pizza, powered by Kitsch Data. The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. I think it's some kind of animation, maybe for the opening, oh, something like. Uh, Kev, maybe you like 
in a Mustang, like flying down the street, taking a turn hard, and we'll do like comic book type animation of you and me sitting in the front seat like we're cool. What if we were both eating eating out fucking uh, B. Arthur from behind? I prefer Rue McClanahan, <laughs> but listen. Kay Ballard. <laughs> This is Click This, the Kevin Nash podcast. I'm Sean Oliver. The guy with me is Kevin Nash. What a what a what a what a productiony open we had, man. This is like, yeah, this is too much. This is we should when you pitched this to me in like 2017, it was a couple of guys hanging out. I think that's what that's literally what you said to me. I said, well, what's the show? What is the thing? you said? A couple of guys hanging out, right? Let our listeners belly up to the bar. Metaphorically. Yeah. Well, I mean, because every time we, every time we did like a, a, a shoot interview session, you know, we always would go out afterwards, Capitol Grill or someplace and, and sit down and have, you know, something to drink and, so, and something to eat. And we always, and to me, that would always end up being a better uh, conversation than what we did on tape. So I always thought that this was a, a pretty let that not let, let that not influence anyone ready to go subscribe to the uh, kayfabe commentaries vault. But but I I also told people there were a handful of guys in the business that I I enjoyed time off camera with, and you were one of them. Sullivan's another guy that you could you yeah know, absolutely chop it up about almost anything with. Sullivan's brilliant, uh, and he'd be he'd be cool. Did, so this is the podcast game. Do you listen to podcasts? Um, my son's a huge podcast guy, so he'll, I, I'm influenced probably more by his, uh, influences. Like, um, I'll listen to Rogan. I like Tom Segura. Um, I like, the, I, we, we listen to Delia, uh, me and my son do. Um, but I mean, I, I, I don't listen to a lot. No. Yeah. It's the new, I mean, I guess radio's dead. Is that the whole thing, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's democratized radio, kind of removed yeah. the, the gatekeepers, which is usually a good thing, but sometimes not because you have varying, uh, varying competencies on the microphone yeah. and in production. But, but, uh, this, uh, you know, everyone's going, oh, another wrestling podcast. Oh, my God. But this is this, I don't call this a wrestling podcast because you were a wrestler makes it a wrestling podcast yeah i think it's more of a i, I was also in the army so it was as a military podcast it could be a military podcast you were a basketball player maybe this is a basketball a podcast. basketball it could be a sports sports right. podcast or man drug and alcohol you can you can speak to that equally as yeah uh, I had, as, as fluently had, had, yeah. Maybe uh the volunteers. Maybe we should change the colors to orange. They love you down there, huh? Oh God. One of their I'm one of their favorites. What did you what did you tell me? You were choking out the coach? No, I smacked the coach. Oh, you smack oh, all right. Well how dare I? Way before Spreewell. Right. Before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> how would you and Bobby Knight have gotten along, I wonder? Well, this prick was Bobby Knight's uh, assistant. Oh, um. That was his whole deal. Well, so, was he just a hard ass, or, or? Uh, he, no? He went. I, I, this is the this is the honest to god truth. 
I found out later on, like, he had a wife that, like, used to be at every practice and take pictures. And she had, like, the long lens, and she'd be on the road, and she'd take pictures. And I guess that the, 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 the coach found a box of photographs of me. And I think, I guess he just had, you know, he must have thought I was, he, he couldn't have thought I was hitting it because she was fucking just brutal. Yes. But, uh, I think that uh, she had a, uh, uh, did she put a, the, uh, did she put the long zoom to, to good use? I mean, you don't really need to get that much of a zoom, you know, it's just, well, I yeah. guess, right. So the guy stretched yeah. my shit out, you know? <laughs> Well, listen, the, the, the old guys in Italy used to say, uh, what was it, go see, go see. You're the short guys, the tall guys. The short guys, the tall guys. I don't yeah, know how that's that what a short guy says, like me. No, it's, it's who cares? <clears throat> well, long as, you know, long as you're talking about cock. Listen, it always comes back to cock. We said that two <laughs> minutes before we went on there. I don't that's know how right. it came up again, but it always comes. Um, you, uh. Are you listen? You know another wrestling podcast, right? So I should ask you: Are you watching Raw every week? Is it uh, is it on the DVR? It has it has been. Uh, I I've DVR'd Raw since I've had a DVR, and there's a you know um, whether I watch it or not. Uh, a lot depends on you know, like during during the NBA season, not a chance. Like you know during football, not a chance. Um, but right now, like, I'm not much of a, like, early season baseball guy. Hockey's done. And the WNBA games are mostly on Sundays, which I, I, I will watch. But, uh, so I've watched, um, I watched Cena coming back. I watched this, uh, tw- the, the 20 year deal with Cena. That the big, the big handshake intro? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy because, I know that when he walked in that the, the back, he knew about as many people as I did. I mean, I was just like, I, 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 I was like, okay, Ziggler and <laughs> Miz and Ray, and that's it. So, plus you- Orton's hurt, and see, I, 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 I like I, what I usually do is I'll tape it and I'll watch my the, the guys that I like to watch. Like I'll, I'll watch their segments. So I mean, like Orton's like my, is my favorite current active guy right now. So I watch. I you know I think that you know and, and I watched it last night and because I thought maybe I would I would I would find something to to you know link the bridge from my wrestling career that I could talk about. And the the thing that I I I found out or I, I realized was like nobody has any heat and there's nobody on the television show that I look at and I say that person, if this was real and kicked my door down, I'd be like, Oh fuck. Mm. You know, I mean, they're athletic, but that, I mean, they didn't even look like they can throw a fucking punch. So can we attribute this to because, I mean, the cat's been out of the bag with with kayfabe for a long time. Right. So we can't say, right. well, it's because, you know, no one believes that it's real because we didn't believe the NWO, NWO was real either. But you guys, you guys had mad heat. So what is it? Is it the performers? Is it the writing? 
Is it the is it the jaded fan who you literally have to blow up half the arena to get a reaction now? What is it? I, I you know I I think that what it is is that it's it's just the um the work style has just changed. You know, where it's that it's it's a spot fest. I, I to me it almost feels like when I watch a match, like I'm so glad when they go into that. Like, and I realize now that uh, they both both the companies do it, where they the commercial break to go to the the you know the the action in a small box, mm-hmm. and I actually enjoy that more because they're going so fucking fast on a, a, a you know a, a large screen TV. It's just you're, you're like slow the fuck down. You get whiplash watching it, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's too it's just too like nobody sells shit. Like you can throw you can throw one punch and have the guy fucking sell it and go against the ropes. Sooner or later you're going to send the guy off the ropes and you can go to your high spot, but you don't you don't have to like I watched Seth Rollins and I, Seth is a great athlete and he's unbelievably talented. He's had some of the best matches I've seen. But transitionally right now, like I watched him last night, the one the, the, that first uh, volley or on Monday, and it was actually Monday night. Uh, but I watched last night the, the first volley that he threw in the corner where the guy kind of turned his back on him was just it looked like he was like making egg whites. You know, is that an industry term? I don't. Yeah, oh, just like okay, yes. you know, and I'm not like you know, laying the wood, brother. Right. Right. So no. if you were down there as a trainer, so if they wanted you to go to, uh, did you ever get invited down to to talk to any of the developmentals? Yeah, I actually, I actually worked with uh, with, with 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 the big man, Giant a- Amos. So what were you? What'd you tell the kids that could transcend to today? Right, because you can't. I guess you can't go back twenty years. Stylistically, they have to be uh, competitive with what the fan expects to see today. But what can they take from your time? And still apply today, and still make it look like today's product, but maybe have an edge. Well, I talked to the big guys. You know, I, I was down there with the bigger guys, and I told them like, "There's nothing like when you stop somebody and you stop them, like in the middle of the ring. Take them and throw them from there to the turnbuckle, and then take one step and do the clothesline instead of taking somebody all the way back, throwing them on that twenty foot ring, and then you know, you know, plotting." Down, it's like, I mean, you just have to learn how to use the ring effectively to your uh, limited capabilities because you're not gonna, you're, you're just not gonna move like, like the smaller guys do, right? So, so you do watch those still? That's kind yeah. Of- I mean, but it was, it was also funny that you know Cena did an interview, and I, I thought it was kind of we- like weird. Of I, I'm sure, I mean, I know John's super busy, um, but like to have him come back to Laredo. That just didn't, you know, of all places, like just nothing against Laredo. It just when I think of wrestling hotspots, you know, how about Laredo? And then he, you know, he cut a promo, and you know, one of the, one of the things that I'll, I'll I'll say for John is probably top five promo guy of all time. And but it was to me like cutting a promo is like playing golf, and you could tell that John had not cut you know a promo in a while. It was still solid, but it was didn't have the same, you know. So the guys that are on TV every week, they're naturally going to get better. They're right? going to get better. Yeah, repetition right. is going to make you better. Absolutely. Right. 
right? You're you're a, you're a news addict. Um, I know, right? You yeah. lock, you lock yourself into into the news uh, constantly, so it's good to see that you, you get some wrestling time in there. There's been plenty in the, in the uh, there's been plenty in the news. I just want to say up front. Now I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan, so this story crossed me across uh, my phone this morning. They have a partnership with that uh, with a coffee company, right? Which is apparently a pro gun coffee company. They they put in their ads. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I guess some of the verbiage in the ads could be seen as a little tone deaf today. Um, I think it's so. I want to get the exact. I'm get the exact quote of what the uh, what the what the uh, what the ad said. But did you see this? No, but I I know for a fact that they. I, mean, I don't know if they still do, but I used to listen to Dana. I think her name is Dana Bausch. Is that her name? Bash, yeah. Dana Bash. I used to listen to her all the time on the way to the gym. She was a Republican, and she's a gun. You know, she's a, she's a big Second Amendment girl, but she was cool. I mean, she was you know she she was kind of a centralist. Like she was an actual Republican. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, she she would call bullshit on bullshit. So I'd listen to her, and then after her, it would be Hannity. And it would be, like, all of a sudden, it was like, you know, like, the acid kicked in. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but he, he had that, that, that whatever the hell the name of that, that company you're talking about. Black he, Rifle. Black, Black Rifle. Course. That was yeah. one of his, I know that, that was one of his sponsors. Along they with have that, the. Uh, along with that fucking pillow fucking freak. Oh, that guy, yeah. They have the AK-47 espresso blend, the murdered-out coffee roast, and the silencer-smooth coffee roast. Yeah. So. Let me kick in your fucking door with fucking, yeah, it's just like, that's so, I, uh, I, I'm a huge gun guy. I know um, you are. Uh, and I, and I, but when it comes down to it, like, An AR-15 is not a good hunting weapon. I mean, anybody that knows what that round does, if you were to shoot a deer with it, it you're going to end up ripping, you know, you end up eating shit by the time the bullet comes out of its ass. You know, it's just, it's just not a weapon. Well, know. nobody even purports that those are hunting guns, right? I mean, even... Oh, even... maybe maybe need to talk to our, 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 our girl Green from Georgia. She, uh, it's her favorite hunting weapon. Mar- Marjorie? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, listen. It, How much stupid can you put in a human being? It's, it's this. It's become this left-right issue, but it's really a. It's really a common sense issue, and and the the, the Constitution is a document that has been amended and can continue to be amended. And when you talk about the wisdom of the founding fathers, they knew things were going to change. They, I, I, they probably suspected, as they wrote the Second Amendment, that the uh, that a single load musket was probably not always going to be the norm. Probably thought that at one time you were not going to be called out in the middle of the night to fight the Redcoats um, and you needed your musket at hand. So we're at a time where we don't have the single load musket and I don't think the Redcoats are coming. No. So what can we talk about? Well, We've got what I think they said yesterday when I was watching between ten and, and twenty million AR-15s in this country, and 
So, and I know that there's a lot of people like myself that I didn't necessarily need an AR-15, but I, if, you know, it's like anything, it's, it's like the arms race, you know, if Pakistan has it, then India has it. Then if they have it, then we, you know, so it, it becomes a situation where, you know, the second amendment says right to bear arms. Well, you know, is an Abrams A1 tank, is that, is that considered an arm? I mean, do it, I have the it right? It does do say I, to bear arms to serve a militia. And like in today's, right now, say if if we were in the, in Ukraine and we were part of a militia, would you go with a musket? Would you go with an AR-15 or would you go with an Abrams? Right. I think I'd take the Abrams. Right. It's a touchy issue. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're currently building a tunnel there. You're in Florida. You're building a tunnel so 10-year-olds can get out to get abortions, I know. Uh, gonna- yeah, because I, I think that uh, that's one thing is... Um- Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just take 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 the, the woman and, and, and take her body and, and just... She has no 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 say so on what what happens to her body, and uh, you know, I think you know if if I had to sum it up, it's real real simple. If you don't believe in abortion, don't have one. You know, uh, but for a ten year old girl in Ohio to get raped and miss the six week uh, cutoff by three or four or five, six days, whatever it is. And she's basically at this point now told by Ohio that she's got to go term at 10 years old with a rapist child, with a, with a rapist baby inside of her. And she has to go to Indianapolis to have a, a procedure done to have, to, to have the abortion. Like fucking really? That's where we are now, man. I mean, when when are we gonna fucking? I mean, when when are we gonna put women in burkas around this motherfucker? We're we're in a we're in an interesting time. We're in a time where uh, the word rights it, it's it's one of the most bandied about terms, rights, and the disparate interpretation of just that word has created so much strife. And everybody's interpretation of right. We, we first heard the rumblings of this during COVID. They would talk about masks as, as a violation of someone's right, which, of course, the flip side is then you're granting someone the right to get me or my kid or my kid's grandmother sick or kill them. So it comes down to rights. It's, it's, it's the rights argument. It's not going to end. It's going to what we've done is we've created this centrifuge, right? where left and right have bounced off each other, okay? They have collided and thrust themselves 
almost right around the world where they've landed next to each other now around right. the, the sphere. And now they're next to each other. And I'm talking about extremism. I'm not talking about the majority who land in the middle, whether you vote for a Republican or a Democrat. We're all probably within five or 10 percentage points away from each other with a handful of beliefs. I'm talking about our extreme has stretched the argument so much because that bounce, that uh, that positive negative charge has has really created such a chasm it's so wide now you used to be able to have a debate a, de- a democrat and a republican used to be able to have a debate now no, no. they're on different planets now no it used to be that a, re- a republican could have a debate with actual republicans and i watched you know what i could of the uh list cheney debate in wyoming and, I mean, I thought it was a sitcom. Mm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Liz, if Liz Cheney runs for president and she runs against Biden, I'll vote for Liz Cheney. And I'm a Democrat, but I'm a right. centralist Democrat. And right. just like, I know she'll get shit done because you know why? Because if she's going to go to the bat phone, it'll be to dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you, you have any political aspirations? It might seem like a stupid question, but do you have any desire to ever do anything politically? I've never talked to you for more than 10 minutes where it didn't go to something in the news or some policy issue. I, I, is it, I mean, is it, to me, it's just like, I don't play golf because I'm not going to be a scratch golfer. So, you know, I'm just not going to be a scratch golfer. So there's no re- if I can't be really really good at something and in this country I don't think you, I don't think that you can be successful uh as a politician. I just don't think that there's a uh I mean name one. Name a name a politician that's that's successful. When you said when you say successful you mean to to actually be able to get things done because it, of I mean when I was a kid shit got done across. I mean there used to be, you know, five senators that were d- Democrats and, and six that were Republicans, and they were off in some wing putting some bill together, and they came to the, the, the floor. And nowadays, it's just like red. I mean, red, if you're red or you're blue, it's just like, and I, it, it doesn't work. Like, we can't do it. It's, and then it's like, you know, well, well, we'll get the filibuster. We'll do this. It's just like. But Our it, country's but people, a fucking mess. Like, I know, you know, but but what I think really what it needs is there was a piece in the Times magazine on uh, on Sunday, and uh, it it was about I think that the title of the article I'm going to paraphrase a little was something like um, the moderate Democrat has the most popular ideas. Why are they disappearing? And it was just an ex- an examination of that kind of that more middle ground, that more centralized opinion. And they had a poll that they quoted, and 47% of voters uh, thought, uh, GOP voters thought the GOP was too extreme, and 48% uh, thought the Democrats were too extreme. So that's 95% of the voting population feels that their party is out of touch with a more moderate ideal. Right. 
that leaves 5%, this vocal 5% on both sides. We'll take the, take the ones, you know, taking a shit in Pelosi's office in the Capitol and the ones um, that want to cancel anything that they have decided is offensive. So the two extremes, that leaves 5%, but it's become so vocal. But most people, the great majority, are where you are. So I do think you'd have success. I think people like you would have success in Washington. You know, I think one thing that I would have going for me is, like, people say um, so many so many Americans are uninformed. You know, they're just uninformed. And I'm like, they're uninformed because the middle class gets absolutely nothing. They got to work two fucking jobs, shuffle yeah. kids around. They got to do, I mean... I'm sorry that I don't have fucking a half hour to to, to watch the nightly news, but I, I've I've got to get to my shift at Wawa's. Yeah, you know, after working the assembly line for fucking nine hours, like fuck, it's like middle class America. When how about those those? I got two 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 of my really close friends are teachers, and when Trump gave the tax cut, they got like a hundred and fifteen bucks a month or something like that back. You know. Mm. And then well, the, the fight, and then fucking Amazon fucking's not paying a dime. Well, the top, the top don't need it. The no. bottom, the bottom get it, and the middle have to shoulder it and pay it. Yep, that's who's paying the taxes. Listen, this brings us to our first uh, of the weekly segments here, Kevin. This is the stiff one of the week. Okay, we're gonna get All stiff. Right. Now, who better to sponsor this, Kevin, than our friends at Blue Chew? Now, Kevin, the 90s, when the action was done in the ring, I would imagine that some of the boys could use some help with the action in the hotel rooms, okay? But what choice did you have back then, huh? What, what, could, what could have done a run-in for you and got a young worker going in the hotel room? Once, once youth was gone, you were fucked. That was it. I mean, Baron Mikel Cicluna, circa 1979, after an Allentown taping, maybe a young lady's misfortunate enough to find herself in the Baron's room and maybe the, maybe the Baron needs a little help. Well, listen, this week, uh, the stiff one of the week is brought to you by Blue Chew. And Blue Chew is the answer to this question that I propose, okay? Uh, the temperatures aren't the only thing rising this summer, Kevin. Mm. Guys, confidence will take you far in life, but it could also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. Baron McHale, the ghost of Baron McHale sitting beside me as I say this. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all online, Kev. No sitting in the doctor's office talking about it with him or at the pharmacy. God forbid, you know, Marge comes out and says, Mr. Nash, we misplaced your prescription. What was that for again? Shoot me. Like, I need this. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They're prepared and shipped direct to your door in discreet packaging. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when they're package arrives their package arrives now you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform blue chew can help and uh, we've got a special deal for the listeners here try blue chew free 
when you use our promo code NASH at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping so they can get it to you. That's BlueChew.com, promo code NASH. You're going to get your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the Stiff One of the Week. Now, this is when we play something, Kevin. It might be you. It might be someone else who went stiff on another worker. And uh, I'd like you to expand and uh, and give you a reaction. So this week's, um, you actually mentioned in our little preview, for any fans that watched uh, the preview episode, uh, they heard you reference this clip from Mr. Matt Bourne. Let's see this. Back today, I don't know what you're talking about, but have Sean show you the clip from our show. Here's our show. Wrestling this is when I should have never been broken in. This is the one. I heard a guy that's really a, a name, become a name in the wrestling business in the last tw- uh, 15, 20 years. Um, Obviously guy. not your dentist. Um, he used that F word uh, in an interview that I saw him do uh, in reaction to a flare thing. And uh, he used that word. And I was watching him. I watched this. I'm thinking, I said, fuck. You know, should have. I said, fake. The wrestling business. Motherfucker. Because if you would have, and it would have been done right, you that word would have never came out of your mouth in that context. So, Kevin Nash, you don't belong in the wrestling business. Should have never been broke in. You're a big man. You think you're freaking all that, but you ain't. And uh, you should have, bottom line. You should have never been allowed to break in the wrestling business just because of that one thing. You use that word. Fake? And because I'm not fake. I'm not fake. My father wasn't fake. And uh, I know a lot, a lot of guys out there no, that see, those are fighting see, words. See, uh, Big Josh, and what you are I don't sure care what Vince did mark. to expose it all. Those are still fighting words to me. Oh. Now, what I didn't realize at the time, nor did you share when we were on set together, but this happened in a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, the start of this conversation happened in a hot tub. No, I, it, come on. You know, it's it's, it's like a guy's act. It, it, it actually is, is so well dated, you know, because it's kind of it just kind of fits right in with the narrative of, of, of today. Guess what, man? Copperfield doesn't make the Statue of Liberty fucking disappear. It's it is what it is. Now, do I wake up every morning? Am I? I mean, I went to an acupuncturist today, and she actually bloodlet me. She fucking took blood out of my ear. She took blood out of like different areas of my body because my my chakras are, you know. I mean, so I'm, I mean, I'm 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 doing everything and anything. I'm in so much pain, and. You know, but as I as I as I said, my career early and often the only things that are, are are real in this business are the money and the miles, and that's it. Was that a Lou Albano quote? Somebody yes. Asked me that on a show recently, and I, I thought it was an Albano yeah. quote. All right. He he was also very good at you always say back in the day. Uh, you say how how long was it to uh, to Poughkeepsie? You say uh, a quarter vodka. I'd be, we didn't go by miles. We went by vodka. How much of vodka took? I was like, eh, good for you, Lou. <laughs> Would have loved to have known Lou. He was, never, never, never got to meet Lou. We got him. We got him so pissed off one night. We were in Providence, and it was me and Shawn Michaels, and he was uh, managing the the head shrinkers. And uh, every time we would go over, we 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 crotch chop him and say, hey, Lou, how about a pipe job? How about a pipe job? 
And uh, I mean, just my God, what, what, what in the wrong company that might get you <laughs> yeah. in trouble. How about a pipe job? How about a pipe job? Huh? Yeah, just so finally we go to the finish and and taunt and Sean takes the the slingshot and he does the slaughter. Uh, Pat Patterson, uh, Madison Square Garden zipper job. I mean, but he does it. He he hardways himself and he busts himself uh, wide open. Uh, on his forehead. So we're in the back and they're trying to get his, the blood to stop and they're trying to hold Lou back and Lou's got like this little, you know, pocket knife. He wants to kill us. And uh, he said, what do you got to say now? And I said, well, I want a pipe job. And uh, needless to say, we didn't, we didn't get killed. But that was, that was my only run in of where I, I later on, I said, dude, I said, we're just messing with you. He said, yeah, but the people could hear. I'm like, yeah, whatever. See, listen, the, the, these guys, Matt Bourne, Lou Albano, kayfabe was a was a real thing, man. And thank you, by the way, for getting Pat Patterson and Pipe Job in the in the same <laughs> story. So uh, we're going to jump right now to because Florida or Dirty Jersey. Uh, we are separated on the East Coast uh, by many miles, Kevin. Uh, Florida is an interesting state, and I listen. Uh, Jersey has its share of moments as well. So I thought I would read you two headlines. I'd like you to try to pick which is a real headline from a New Jersey incident and which is a real headline from Florida. Okay. Because Florida or dirty Jersey cue the music. I'm kidding. There's no music. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that next week. So the first one is face eating attack lasted 18 agonizing minutes. Okay. That's the first headline face eating attack lasted 18 agonizing minutes. The other headline man named bacon arrested for fight over sausage. I'm going to go with the first one because I think uh, Florida had that that uh, flesh eating situation about twelve, fifteen years ago. So I'm going to say that was Florida man, and then of course I'll have to go. The second one was uh, it was, was Jersey. Jersey. You are absolutely correct. Yes. Um, let's bring this up. The face. Yes, it yes. was Miami. There it is. Yes. Um, apparently this is a I think a bath salt incident. For what I remember, yeah, that uh, was exactly bath salt. Here it yep. says. Uh, uh, let me see here. Close this here fucking thing. Uh, Rudy Eugene, who authorities may uh, who, uh, who authorities suspect may have been high on a dangerous new street drug known as bath salts, had to be shot four times by a police officer to uh, halt the cannibalistic attack. The victim was Ronald Popo, sixty-five. He was in critical condition, and seventy-five um, percent of his face was devoured by uh, Mister Eugene. So. Um, if that wasn't an advertisement for the, those new bath salts, I don't know what was. Now, let's just get to, to Mr. Bacon here, too, because this was too good to pass up. man named Bacon arrested over um, fight over sausage. According to police in New Jersey, a man named Thomas Bacon. For any of you who thought that it was, uh, in any way, Francis Bacon, the painter, was not, uh, has been charged with assault after he beat up a man uh, because of some sausage. It's not clear how the two men are linked, nor oh. why Bacon's temper was brought to such a sizzle. So uh, that's it. If someone relies on you financially, your spouse, your child, anyone, life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. 
The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. So that was that. Um, and this is the uh, this is the Scott Hall episode. So uh, I actually brought my cup down. I did see that. I is, is that Scott on it or is it you? It's Scott. That's Scott. Okay, yeah. there it is. Okay, I can see it. Are you on the back when you turn, or or maybe no. the fans get to choose their? No. Okay. Just NWO. Excellent. So, uh, you, you know, we went back and forth. I should tell everybody about, we knew the first episode was going to be Scott since, since he passed away. And, um, I think you actually texted me from the service, uh, that, you know, you, you wanted to do something for him. And that was of course fine. And we went back and forth with guests and did we want to have people come on and tell their remembrances of it? But you, you said to me, can't, can I just talk about Scott? So I said, of course, that's, that's that's what it should be then this was uh this was your idea and i was actually when we first talked about the show this iteration of the show not the 2017 18 19 or 20 iteration of the show um i said to you well first first episode has to be uh has to be your boys right and you were like um well you didn't hear i said no we said oh scott's scott's in a bad way this was a few months ago obviously but um it was uh I guess it was a fast road downhill. We'll get to that, but I I want to go back to, um, to your time with him. Um, you know he had WWE tryouts. I didn't realize this in '87 and '90. '91 was a dark match on on Challenge. Um, did he ever talk about that with you? Ever say why he didn't get signed or no, no? It, 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 it's funny because he didn't. I mean, I, I know his past and I like where, you, you know, like I know specific stories that he would tell, but Scott was, Scott's like me. Scott's like not one of those guys that when you sit in the car, they, you know, we're too, we're too busy having fun and talking about shit that's going on or talking about what we're doing at that present time to, you know, I mean, I think early, uh, I want to think Scott and I started traveling together in 91. Whenever Diamond Stud and Oz were both on that super, whatever the hell that thing was from St. Petersburg. It was 91. I think. 91. Yeah. We, and we started driving. I had a Cadillac, uh, a Sedan Deville Cadillac. And I, I picked up Scott when we went to making TV shortly. I think it was like the week after that, that pay-per-view. And we went to making TV together. That was the infamous time where he, um, we're driving down. And back then, it was funny because me and him both used to wear those bike coaching shorts that the coaches used to wear. Remember those things? Yeah. With the, the, the high waist. And because uh, they were great because you could wear them, but you could train in them too. So right. You, you know, you could get a couple of days. You could wear black ones. You could get three days out of them easy on a, on a summer road. So uh, we're going down to Macon, and he reaches a he says, "Mind if I, ch- you know, change the, the the radio?" I said, "No." And he reaches across and changes the radio, and then rubs his hand across my knee, and he does it like two or three times. And I'm thinking, like, 
And finally, I looked over him. He just busted out laughing. He said, Matt, he goes, I thought you were just going to let me go all the way. I said, I said, dude, I was getting ready to pull the car over. And like, and that was kind of like, we really didn't even know each other. And that was kind of like our, our, you know, like from then on then, I was just like, okay, like we, we get it. So, but it's funny, like when I met Scott, there was like, there was the guys that drank and then, you know, and, and didn't train. And there were guys that smoked weed and trained. And Scott and I were, were the smokers and, and, and went to the gym. We didn't like, like I, when I, for the first couple of years of my life, uh, in, in the wrestling business, I didn't have beer at my house. You know, there'd be a bottle of wine here and there, but I mean, I, I didn't drink beer. And then as, as time went on, well, like, I guess, I mean, you know, 93 was, was the, it was a big turnaround where they, uh, made it, uh, a fine and, and, and termination, uh, to smoke cannabis. Mm. And, uh, so, but it was okay to eat pills and drink. So, right. But so now the order of you guys coming together, the click it's, it would have been Sean in, in 88 with, with Marty, right. From, from the AWA and then right. Scott 92, he does diamond studded WCW and then 92 he's in WWE. You were 93? Uh-huh. Pac was 93, too, but after you, I think. Yeah, we were real, we were real close. And then, well, obviously, Hunter was like 95 or something. But yeah. um, So how long after you guys come in there? Well, you come in in 93. Scott's already there. How long after that do you start traveling with him? Uh, the first, um, my first road trip, um, I, I, when I first came, I, I went and saw Vets. I went to Vince's house and I met everybody and um, met Pat Patterson and met JJ and Pritchard and they were all, we were all sitting around the pool and yeah, um, basically they just said, "Hey, you know, you're going to go to Albany tonight. Uh, you're going to be with Shawn Michaels. You're going to screw Marty Giannetti, and uh, he's going to become the IC champ and uh, they're, they're going to take him next thing you know, I was in a car on my way to Albany and uh, in some track suit that I ended up wearing for like three or four days. But uh, we did that raw. And then the next week when I came back to start like the 23 day uh, tour, um, Scott was with us and Scott and, uh, was was not working with with Sean at the time, so the three of us were together, and then eventually uh, Sean got away from Marty and went into the the to the Scott with with Scott the Razor Ramon angle, and God, I mean, the three of us between Razor Diesel and Sean Michaels, the three of us worked for that IC belt for probably two years. One one of us having it, and either me on the outside or Sean on the outside or. So well, when you were doing um, the body when when you were doing the bodyguard thing with with Sean and he was working Scott were you still traveling together even though you were involved in that angle Oh yeah So there was no Sorry Matt Bourne there was no there was no moratorium on baby faces and heels uh There was but Sean Michaels I mean basically uh you know got called into the office and they told Sean that you know he couldn't ride, and he said, "Motherfucking, if I'm going to be on the road for 320 days a year, you don't tell me who the fuck I'm going to spend my time with." Oh, so they did address it. Yeah, it was addressed. 
Was it Vince? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yep. All right. So that could have been the first. Was that the first power play? Was that the first? The first missive sent from the click that you can't tell us who to ride with. Uh, there would be many impromptu meetings with Vince and the click after that, but was that the first one maybe? I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't there for the meeting. You know, I, it was between Vince and, and Sean. And, um, but he was representing you guys. Yeah. I, saying, I mean, it tell was us just, who to ride with. We, we, we always left the building. And uh, would put a whoever like Scott would put a suit uh, pillowcase over his head in the back seat, and they go razor razor. I'm not razor. And later on, it was the kid. It was like you know when kid was working with with, with Scott. I'm not the kid. How, so, how, would he leave the gold on? Like he'd have the yeah, pillowcase, but I mean, all the did, gold is on. Yeah, his it didn't neck. matter. Yeah, no, it was just it was just for for it was just to piss the guys off. You know, the guys like, look at them. I remember one time we were over overseas and Bam Bam got up front. We, we got back. We were in Newark, had some meeting for, you know, at a, t- at a television. Probably, I think we were in White Plains. And uh, he said, you know, hey, man, it's, 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 it's really killing us, you know, that, uh, that the click is uh, – all getting on the same bus and they're not getting on heel and babyface buses that clicks just, you know, breaking kayfabe and getting on the same bus. Scott stood up and he goes, and well, he said, because, you know, people are following us from town to town. And Scott gets up and goes, hey, dumb fuck. If they're following us from town to town. It means they're seeing the same fucking match every night. So I think they, A, know it's a work. B, they know we're fucking buddies. Because when we get back, that same group of marks are following us to the next hotel, to the bar, and seeing the five of us drink. Well, four of us, Paul didn't drink. But, you know, hanging around and partying. And I said, it's, you know, and Paul, and Scott was like, come on. Frick. And that was another one of those things where they just kind of just went like, so did the office say anything about you guys being together at the bars afterwards? No. What was your best match against Scott? Against Scott? I thought we had a hell of a match psychology-wise at uh, Halloween Havoc. When he was uh, was doing the drinking angle. I thought we had oh. that. I think psychology-wise, I thought that told a pretty strong story. Did that leave a bad um, taste in, in anyone's mouth when they, they brought that stuff on camera? You know, he, he wasn't as He had actually, like, came back from rehab. It it was portrayed like Eric was taking advantage of it, but but Scott was totally cool with it. And Scott was, at the time he threw up on Eric, was that was pea green soup in his mouth. And, you know, they just, they, they, they. they that was one of the things that, that, that the NWO was, you know, that, that kind of made it so successful was 
it did blur the lines. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it definitely, you know, that, that I remember one of the things when they were going to fire Scott for, for alcohol abuse. And I had that uh, Hey Yo uh, shirt and it had Last Call with Scott Hall. And it had a picture of a martini glass with the toothpick through the uh, the olive. And they were going to merchandise that. They never put it out, but I had one. Mm. And uh, that was one they, 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 they couldn't, they had to end up paying him his money. Right. You know, I remember they were going to fire him. Uh, he was working Sid. And um, I, for some reason, I wasn't at the pay-per-view. I think I faked a heart attack or something. And uh, anyway, I was supposed to do a job for the Giant. And uh, he worked for Sid. And I said to him, I said, hey, I said, you know. And, and uh, Benoit called me. And he said he had overheard that they were going to fire Scott. So I said, thanks, man. So I, I got a hold of Scott. And I said, whatever you do when you take the power bomb, you got to leave on a backboard. And he said, all right, man. And he left on a backboard, and he, they didn't fire him. Mm. So. Did, um, you know, when I think about the, the click stories and, like, the power play with Vince, like, that, where was that meeting? Indianapolis or something where, you, where he actually got on a fucking plane? You made him get on a plane. No, he, no we asked hear him. your grievances. We, we, you know, that's the whole thing. But the thing, like, we had a meeting with Vince in, in, in a locker room somewhere. And he got us all in the locker room. He walked in and he goes, you know, he, and, and, and Vince is a good, he's a great worker. He walked in, he goes, let me, let me ask you guys for fucking something right now. What's the deal with this fucking click? And we just kind of said to like, oh, fuck, okay, this, we're going to, like, this is a different tone that he's ever taken. He goes, because God damn it, I want in. And we all looked at him and laughed because, fuck, we said, you love the business, man, you're in. And he said, man, yeah. and he basically kind of told us, like, you guys are busting your ass, you're coming up with shit. Because we didn't just come up with shit for ourselves, we came up with shit for other, for other guys, too. And Pat and Pat and Vince were booking. It wasn't like there was a bunch of writers. But was there not an element of that that kind of rebel spirit where you had the strength in numbers, so you could basically, you controlled the House and the Senate. If 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 one of you right. guys was not happy with something, you guys all kind of got on the same page, and Vince had no choice but to change direction or a decision, because it wasn't going to affect... Well, the- if you ask Jim Cornette, he just fi- he'd fired everybody and, and find them, find everybody, and that's what I'd done. That's episode five. That's the Fuck. stiff shot of the week. I, I heard, I heard that fucking. I heard him talking about the uh, the uh, curtain call. You know, that's and he had right. That, and, well, and, what and, he said, he didn't say he'd fire everybody because you were leaving already. You, you and Scott. I said he couldn't. He couldn't fire us, but he wouldn't pay you. He wouldn't have given you your your pay your yeah. payoff. Yeah, and my whole thing is this. So, if you've ever watched that 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 thing in its entirety. I take the super kick. I sell it. Sean walks out of the cage, touches the floor, and he comes back in. And I'm still selling it. He bends over, like smacks me around. I think he bends down and kisses me on the forehead. I still sell the, I'm still selling the super kick. Down comes Scott and uh, Paul. 
I'm still selling the, the super kick. They get me to my feet. I stagger to the corner. I'm still selling mm-hmm. because I, I mean, I'm, I'm just breaking kayfabe like a motherfucker as I sell my way to the corner. That's why the first hug, when you see that photograph, we're all in that fucking turnbuckle because I was using the turnbuckle to, to keep myself up. We weren't trying to fucking destroy the business. We weren't trying to show everybody that it was a. If it would have been a work, I would have fucking jumped up and fucking done. It's entertainment. I mean, like he he just like before yeah, you open but- your mouth, look at it, and you know, and he will now. And I I didn't like Cornette. You know, I didn't when he was there. You mean? Yeah, I didn't like Cornette. I didn't like him for uh, for until we got to TNA. And me and Cornette would be in a room, and these guys would be laying the shit out, and him, him and I at the same time would be like, "Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, that doesn't make fucking sense." And I looked at myself. I said, "Oh my god!" I said, "When you like, as you get older, like your your psychology and your your like, there's so many things that change on how you look at the business." But you know, Cornette's smart. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a smart guy. He knows he he does know the business, but he knows it. He can't book a territory, nor can I book a territory. But I, us together with it, with, with you know a couple other with with Sean and a couple other people, yeah, we could we could definitely do some some some, some damage. You ever ride with Jim? No, he was he was never invited into the. Uh... I know that uh, Sean Waltman went to a pet store and got a bunch of frogs and put them in his uh, jacket and slammed the jacket against a brick wall about twenty times. Mm-hmm. So he was a fan, also, I guess. Yeah, he was a he was a huge fan, huge fan. Loved <laughs> loved the click. When did when did uh, when did Pac start riding with you? Um, so we were in El pa- El Paso City, El Paso, and. They uh, had shaved kids' eyebrows. Oh yeah, it was. I think Henning did it, but the, the, somehow Bart and Billy got got the, got the heat. And you know the, the the horrible thing about getting your eyebrow shaved is the next morning you wake up and it's like, do you leave the one or do you shave them both? And everybody shaves the other one to balance it out, and then now you look like fucking Frankenstein. And of course, kids, we had like photos the next day. Oh yeah, so, I was gonna say there are like publicity oh, pictures that for, he had. For the, and, 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 and the, Why didn't couple? he draw them on before? I saw a shot. I texted him one night. I I, I came across like a fan posted a a, a thing, and uh, I said, uh, "Well, wh- what happened to the eyebrows?" He's like, "You know damn well what happened to the eyebrows." But I was like, "Why didn't you draw them on before the photo before the photo shoot? Get some eyeliner or some shit." So we go to uh, we go to El Paso City and. Uh, the smoking guns are going out, and kid, they put their they put their hats on the top of this like rack. Kid takes super glue and puts it around the inside rim of their other cowboy hats. They put their cowboy hats on. They go down, go down to the ring. They go in the corners. They shoot their little cap guns, blank guns, whatever the hell they had. They go to pull the hats off, like this. And kids, you know, kids just sitting there and looking through the uh, the curtain. And he looks over at us. He goes, he goes, he goes, 
and fucking walks walks by us. And I said, I, I looked at I looked at the other two guys. I said, like, I said, fuck that. I said, number one, he needs protection. Number two, that's badass as fuck. He's got to drive with us. So that and was it. Three. That's what did it. That did it, man. I was just like, what a ballsy fucking, you know. Yeah. You know, the only thing that could have been better than riding with the click at the time is is riding with the click and having the peace of mind of having car shield, Kevin, because mm. um, it makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs. And that's just for starters. Car shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and it offers protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month. The plan covers more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic. Okay, and then Car Shield's administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork, the headaches you're taken care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through Car Shield also include coast to coast roadside assistance. Car Shield administrators are there for you uh, with um, with rental car options too. So a trip reimbursement, no extra cost either. Okay, so get your coverage today. Lock in your price now, and it will never go up. Did you hear that? I'm going to repeat that. You get your coverage today. You lock in the price when you go online. It never goes up. That means as long as you own that car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising costs of parts and repairs for your vehicle. Now, CarShield helps you protect your wallet from expensive car repairs, repairs, and they'll do the same for you. They do it for me. They'll do it for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. Thank you, CarShield. You know, you guys are, you guys put major miles on. The only thing that was real was the money and the miles, and CarShield would have helped you with that. Had Lou Albano only lived long enough for a little CarShield action. Now, you guys, let me get back to Scott for a minute here. Um, Now, Scott's um, iterations of characters through the years. He's in Florida. Is he trained by Dusty? I know he starts in Florida. So who trains Scott? Matsudo. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. Um, He's out of there by 85, though, right? Because I think he's in AWA at 85. He was in Kansas City too. Oh, that's true. In between both, in, I think. Yeah, right? he was in yeah. Kansas City. He does got that was Geigel, and then, yeah, and then he goes to uh, up to Minneapolis. Big Scott Hall. Now, does this? Uh, did, did he ever talk about Vern with you? A- a- any any valuable Vern stories? No, I mean he. he I, 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 some of the uh, things that, that that he would uh, would bring up was like. I know that he, he he won like a battle royal or something like that, and I guess the the prize was some giant truck or some shit, some pickup truck. But I remember like they they did it in like you know the Metro Dome or wherever the hell they did it at, and uh, Scott ended up like having a cinder block and like getting the crowd all fired up. I guess he fucking threw the bl- cinder block through the window of the truck or some shit. I mean. I remember one of my favorite stories is um, Marty Giannetti uh, like trashed a hotel room and somehow Scott got uh, got blamed and he got called in and they deducted money out of his out of his check and told him you know one more time he just get sent home and so he he got to the building and Marty was asleep on a training table and I guess Scott just I mean I mean beat the dog shit out of him. Mm. So, 
That was what Scott would always say, like, you know, my, I might not be the toughest guy, but sooner or later, I'll get you when you're sleeping. Do, <laughs> but so did, did that carry over to WWE when they were together there? I th- you know what? I, I think it's one of those things where I think Marty, Marty was one of those guys, man, he, he when he fucked up and he knew it, he just, like, I, I think he took his medicine and just said, fuck it. Right. Okay. So there was, there was never any heat that you knew of that. Uh, no. That, that carried over there. Because it wasn't fake. Right. <laughs> so um, it, did you ever hear that there were plans for Scott to replace Hogan for, for Vern? Did he want to give him a long-term heavyweight title run? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that, they, that that was, you know, that, that Scott was kind of being groomed for that. But, you know, the thing with Scott was, Scott would, you know, while they would be having that conversation, Scott would be, you know, working in Puerto Rico trying to get to, to all Japan. Like, he was always working, you know, to, to, to get something. He loved, he loved working in Japan. And, uh, I remember, like, when the, uh, before he left to go to WCW, uh, in 93, or, no, 96, I mean, um, he went into Vince and he said, you know, if you can't give me more money, can I, can I work a couple of weeks in Japan? And Vince said, no, as soon as I, you get over there, I'll need you here. And that was one of the things that Scott always, uh, Scott always wanted that, uh, we both did. And I, 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 I loved going over to Japan, you know? So it was one thing Scott and I both, uh, it wasn't difficult over there with, uh, uh, with the, um, the, the, the schedule because you were bust everywhere right yeah those those rides were a little hellacious now or did they did they book you all near no i mean there was some uh, there were some some long rides and you know uh it was but it was just a it was just so different it was one of those it was i i, I don't think i ever read more books in my life than on a tour in Japan. Like I would just, I would devour like a book a day. You know, I could just remember one time I was in, in Okinawa and it was raining. It was, and it was, I got, we got, we had like an afternoon show and I got to the, the hotel and, um, I was reading, uh, the man, what the, the Manson book. Helter Skelter. Yeah. And I just got myself all worked up. You know, in this little, you know, in, in a room that I could basically touch my feet and my arms at the same time. You know, it was like a, a, a seven by seven room where the, uh, if you open the door, the, the shitter, the shower and everything is, and you learn to get, take the toilet paper out of there because you, you shit shower that it's just a plastic shell that, you know, this little three by three, uh, just uh. lovely. I don't yeah. know why we. I don't know why we loved it so much. I guess because we love torture. Yeah. Well, then the different environment. The fans. The fans were very respectful, of course, right? You, yeah. And the thing is, too, man. Every every time I've ever been to Japan, like the minute I get there, it's like somebody put a Xanax underneath my tongue. You know, just like you're able to just chill. Go into it's a just, different state when you get into. Yeah. You just it's just chill. You know, nobody's yelling at you. Nobody's an asshole. When you know. he goes to, when Scott leaves uh, AWA, I think he does do Japan and then uh, then comes to WCW, right? This is the mm-hmm. Diamond Stud and DDP and everything. 
who does he credit with the toothpick gimmick? I'm sure he told me on air somewhere. I don't he, I, remember I, half of what. Dallas, I think, because him and Dallas were both going to bring the toothpicks out. And Dallas fumble fucked his before. Uh, and so, so it ended up uh, Scott being the only one that threw the toothpick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but da- Dallas gave him the whole look. You know, Dallas. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dallas, Dallas told him to. Uh, now the Diamond Mine times with with uh, with Vinny Vegas with our friend Vinny Vegas and yes. uh, and Raven. Well, uh, what was he Scott uh, uh, Scotty Flamingo, right? Yeah, huh? At the time, what was what was that vibe like? How come that wasn't the click? How come Raven wasn't uh, wasn't part of this deal? I mean, too, too, tough, too hard to keep up with him with all this <laughs> trivia. No, uh. Out of Atlanta, uh, Raven, D- DDP, and I uh, uh, traveled a lot. I, oh, I got along really. Okay. I got I got along great with Scotty. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think Scott Scott Levy's a genius. He's he's a, a brilliant guy. Not only no, you just, can't put him over like that. He's going to believe it and he's going to repeat that. He, he knows I love him. Um, so, all right, so let's get up to WWE now. So we were here ninety uh, three. He becomes IC champ for the first time, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, like we talked about before, you're doing the the Michaels, uh, Diesel, and 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 uh, and and Scott thing. Did you know? It's uh, it from an outsider's perspective. Let me just give you my take. It's very easy to watch a match and know who's a wrestler. Okay, you go to these indie shows, like at a VFW hall. Even if you get a guy in there who's maybe who worked underneath a couple of the federations. He just moves differently in the ring. He moves like a wrestler. I don't know if it's a confidence or something or the training, but they move, they fall, they walk. They just move differently. Now, I think when you you do the prototypical what a wrestler should look like, I think Scott was there at the perfect time because, you know, the steroid stuff was happening and the the big bodies weren't going to be weren't going to be okay anymore. Right. They weren't going to tolerate you know, uh, or they couldn't tolerate publicly, you know, the whole, the, the barbarian type look. So here's a guy like Scott moves. Great. Can work different styles. I mean, this is a guy that's like a laboratory wrestler for 1992. This is what you want your guy to look like, right? How far did you think Scott could have gone? I, without a doubt, he's, he's probably one of the five most talented wrestlers that's ever I, i'll put him i mean to put scott hall on your mount mount rushmore is, is is not because you lost your friend i mean I've, I've i've touched with everybody all the hall of fame guys and there's nobody better than scott hall nobody mm. scott can wrestle scott can punch and kick scott can work babyface scott can work heel i mean he's a great tag wrestler Scott was Scott was uh, he was he was the total package, man. Now he pitches the the razor thing as as is the the popular story anyway. He pitches the razor thing to Pat and Vince. They go for it, you know, barring the Scarface accent and that whole thing and all the the one liners from the film, bad guy and all that. Um did he tire of that though? Did did he want to break out of that, or or was he okay? But had he not left and become Scott Hall again, would he have been okay being Razor Ramon for twenty years? Yeah, because I think towards the end, I think that that he was less 
Razor Ramon and more Scott Hall. Yeah, but the thing was that he was he was so convincing that I mean, people would every time we go someplace, man, people would you know uh, anybody of, of Latin or Spanish to you know, they would always speak Spanish to fucking Scott. Scott would be like, oh, oh really? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, always, man. Everybody thought he was Cuban. Like, <laughs> like no, dude, I'm from Baltimore. Is it true he asked Tito Santana for a name that started with an R so that he could put it with Razor and Tito gave him Ramon? I don't know. I heard that somewhere. I don't know if it's true. I don't know. I don't know. I'll call Tito and find out. He'll probably want to be paid for that answer, though. Um, uh, arriba. So uh, when you guys leave and you do the big jump, right, um, it's, it's pitched in the shower, yes? Yeah, he tells me he's leaving. And I, I think we're... The locker room, the shower, something, right? He comes well, I mean, up. we're yeah, and I want to think that that like the the the, the um, we're in like West Virginia because he he gives me like I'm gone, and he like you know he tells me the numbers, and I'm like wow, and like 180 days, and I'm like, but you know I'm on top, and uh, ended up you know I I, I I I was still on top when you know when when Brett wouldn't take the power bomb in that in your house in Louisville, I said I walked in the lot I walked in the in the locker room. We were in the shower again and uh I just looked at him, I said, Fuck, I'm joining you. Oh, maybe that's what it was in the shower. Okay, when when you decided to go. Right. Yeah, we were we were, we were in the shower together. Was that was that was that really the the determining factor for you like the last straw for you? Yeah, because it it was, and I, and I love Brett, you know. But I mean, my 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 first pay per view, like I watched, you know, I I you know I, I watched when they were. I I, I always like to watch how people handle um, when they put when they make somebody a champion for the first time, and that Hangman became a champion for AEW, so. Like, you know, I watch TPS because basketball's on there, TNT and, and shit. And um, I see where they're going to have uh, Brian Daniels uh, fight him. So I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Like, this, like, they're going to they're, they're gonna go with this guy. Like, like you know, it's, Brian's going to put him. They went like fucking a draw. Mm. And I said, ooh, Royal Rumble. Fucking <laughs> that fucking match I had with Brett with 29 run ins. It's like my first fucking title defense is a fucking draw. Like, wow, way to way to way to put stu- wait, way to put, way to put the fucking bank behind me. Nice buy nine buy nine shares. Fuck <laughs> you. So, um, so you, but what, what was the? I mean, the days certainly would be after you know being on the the uh the hamster wheel of the wwe i'm sure the days the number of days that wcw required was a huge factor right you know oh my god half the year i mean you have to realize too my my wife is i leave january the 6th my son is born i mean i'm sorry i leave june 6th my son is born june the 12th hmm I do one night. I do that my my opening nitro. I come home and my son's born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to, to to have, even though I was still gone a shitload, to have half of the time I had 
extra with my son was fucking you couldn't put a you couldn't put a price on just that let alone knowing exactly how much you were going to get every two weeks so you could a pay your bills b actually lo and behold set up with a financial advisor and start putting together a portfolio that's something predictable and, and dependable like that yeah you know, it was like having a real fucking job. And it just was your first deal a three year deal? It was like 800, 900 or something. Yeah, something like that. And it, 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 I mean, we, we, we renegotiated fucking about as often as I take a shit. I mean, it seemed like, oh, oh, fuck, let's renegotiate. <laughs> but you know what? As soon as they, as soon as Jim Ross, man, God, God bless you, Jim. As soon as he fucking said, you know, that Razor and Diesel were coming back, okay, my fucking pager rang. With a four hundred four and a nine one one, and next thing you know, I'm calling. They're telling me to get on a fucking private plane, meet me with Lambros and Bischoff, and what the fuck's going on? You guys want more money? Sure, we'll take more money. Yeah, more money, longer terms. Yeah. The Barry yeah, went in. Barry went in and got another deal for us. Barry Bloom. Yeah, yeah. Barry got a, 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 another deal and. When did he start negotiating for you guys? Was it at WCW? The beginning. At the beginning, yeah. WCW. There was no negotiating with it with, with Vance. Your contract was you were guaranteed uh ten dates at hundred and fifty bucks. A fifteen hundred dollar a year guarantee. So and Barry was represented all you guys? Yeah. Barry like when Bill came in, we got, you know, we we Got Bill to Barry, and like we brought everybody to Barry. Paul was all the WWE. Fi- finally, the WWE uh, wouldn't do business with him. They, they wouldn't negotiate with him. Mm. When you walk out, when you leave, and you do WCW, what's the first time that you're in Vince's company again? I see him in Newark Airport. No kidding. Yeah, I, a wait, chance wait. meeting. Yeah, and I, like in. It was, it was, I mean, it, it, I've always gotten along with Vince. I've never had, I've never had words with Vince. I've never been pissed off at Vince. I've been disappointed a couple of times with decisions that didn't go the way that they, I, I thought they should have or things. But as far as just Vince McMahon, the man, I've just, he's a fucking, he's a, and he's a man. You know, he's not some bitch. You know, but he's when fucking... you left, for, but when you left for more money, he wasn't, he wasn't sore about it. He understood. Mm. You know, I mean, he was. I'm, I'm sure he was sore, but I mean, he it was just like, because I said, "Come on, man, just match their fucking offer, else I want to stay." It wasn't like fuck you. I was like, man, I just like, I got a kid coming. You know. And was it the he, it was the money he couldn't match, or was it the days? Yeah. He, but it, or both? It, it wasn't. It wasn't even that he couldn't match the money. He just knew that if he did it for me, he was going to have to do it for that whole locker room, and he couldn't financially do that at that time. Mm. You know, so we just like. So what happens in Newark when you see him? We just saw each other. We hugged, uh, talked for a little bit. You know. We went around, you know, I went my way, he went his. Mm-hmm. But, uh, your time in TNA with Scott was, um, wasn't as, um, 
do you look back at this fondly as the time you were together in WCW and nothing, WWE? nothing I mean, will touch, uh, what we did together. Um, in uh, in WCW, I mean, it, it was because we went in like we were, we were Butch and Sundance. We were Poncho. We were Poncho and Lefty. I mean, it was just it was the two of us against everybody. Mm. And you know, when you get when, when you when you get that much heat on the baby faces week in and week out, and they're all in there fucking pissing and moaning, you're not exactly. And then Scott and I would have this, and it wasn't like even on purpose. It was just something that we would say, and like the guys would be talking about you know different shit, and we'd be like, "Well, when we were in New York." I remember one time we were in Minneapolis and Sting was in the locker room next to us. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. And I heard they were, he was talking to Lex, and I heard, I heard Steve say, if I hear them motherfuckers say, well, and we were in New York one more time, and it was like, that fiber board that the it's you can move it. I knocked yeah. and I said, heard that. <laughs> But Steve, I mean, me and Steve have been friends since, uh, you know, he tried to save me from getting, I was, I was going to get fired when I was eyes and he, he was trying to save me, but then I think Dusty got fired before I got fired. So, but, um, is when you get to TNA, do you, um, well, you know, I was reading, what's his name? Duff McKagan's book from, uh, Guns N' Roses, right? And that was a band that partied hard across the board, all of them, right? And so when you're on the party train, uh, everyone's having a good time. And then what starts to happen, um, one or maybe two of the members of the band uh, start to start to slip more than the others. So like in this example, in, in Duff's book, I mean, he was partying pretty hard, but then like Steven Adler was, I think, the first one who they were realizing uh, wasn't going to be able to to continue at that at that pace. Was there a time where, when you guys were on the party train, you and Sean and Sean and and Scott, where Scott became more of a concern for you than the others? Yeah, I mean, it, and that was towards even towards the end of the of the WCW run. And then we went into um, the the NWO run with WWE, and um, a lot of people don't know this. You know, people always ask. Uh, I think it was WrestleMania 18, uh, whenever uh, Scott worked against Austin. But people say, "Why didn't you have a match?" And I'm like, "Well, the original finish." up until Sunday was Scott and I were going to fuck Steve. And then rock was going to go over on Hogan. And we were going to come down and get heat on rock 
and leave WrestleMania with heat, which would be the first time I think in the history of, of WrestleMania that, you know, that somebody would leave with heat. Mm. And it, in 24 hours, it went from beating me and Scott, me and Scott going down, getting beat up by Rock and Hulk, and pretty much getting fucked. And by the time I we we got showered, I I mean I I couldn't even stay up with Scott. And I mean we got into the the hotel and he didn't even go upstairs. He just went right to the bar and he had been sober for six seven months at that time. And it just, man, my heart just fucking fell in my stomach. I was like, mm. and what was I supposed to say, you know? Well, that's, you know, you're in a precarious position, you know, being a friend, but also having been, having been a partner to to so much of that lifestyle. All you guys were, I mean, that was, the party was part of the story of the click, was it not? Like, could you tell the story of the click without the 32 versus 33 somas, which was a story that we all laughed about. And I laughed with Scott on camera about which you look back and maybe, maybe it has a different tone now. I don't know, but that was part of the story. Yeah. You know what? And, and Scott will be the first one because he, he used to always, you know, quote the Mickey, the famous Mickey Mantle line, you know, I thought no one I was going to live this long. I take better care of myself. And it's just, you know, I was, that was Scott. And, I knew the thing that just was was so fucking just was breaking my heart was I knew that mentally I think I'm I'm I think I'm pretty fucking strong and the covid thing was really fucking with me like the one, the, the the bottle of wine a night was you know I'd take out the fucking recycle I'd have to put a weight belt on I mean, fuck, you know, I was, you know, I'm thinking, and the thing with Scott is when he, when Scott's good, fucking if I call Scott at two o'clock in the, in the morning, man, it's like, hello. And all of a sudden it was like never, never getting, you know, always didn't I'd get a, a text back and then, you know, two or three months go by and the texts wouldn't make sense. And I'd tell him I'd love him and hang in there and, you know, and it just. Were you talking on the phone at all? Or, yeah, or what we were talking, I was trying to. Yeah. So. Now his, uh, prior to COVID uh, years ago, um, his, his divorce, I think was, was, a a uh, a tough, one of the precipitating factors, I don't blame it on one thing, but, um, that was a mountain for him to get over, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know Scott didn't have a Scott had a very uh, didn't have a relationship with his father, and I remember his father was in Colorado Springs. I think his father was a, a career military guy, yeah, pilot. He was a pilot, and um, you know Scott was you know this his his father was dying, and Scott, you know. Went to be at his, his bedside, and um, there was like you know there was no closure, no nothing there. And I I know that there that that was like a fucking. I, I think that if you have uh, in your life, if you have uh, a relationship with anybody, um, and it's 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 you know, 
frayed, severed, whatever you want to say, you, and you're hoping you can put this, put it together before, you know, time doesn't allow you to. And um, what about with Cody? Was it how did they have a uh, on again, off again? Cody's like Cody's 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 Scott's kid, man. You know, he's sick. He's 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 fucking man. He's he's pig headed. He just and, you know, Scott would was would really there was a there's a, a time where, you know, um I'm so glad that my son didn't get in the business. Mm. You know, I think that that's, it's, that, that would have been so difficult. You know, I'm so glad that he's a musician and I can, you know, he can come downstairs and, and, and play guitar and I could just look in, 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 in awe because I can't fucking, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not musically inclined. Right. He's got his own thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that yeah. that's, I think that's one thing that, that's, that's, you know, when you're trying to follow your father's foot, you know, your father's footsteps, and especially when when Scott's so fucking good and he's telling you what you should do to become successful and you're kind of, you know, balking at his, you know, his tutelage, it's kind of like, and they just kind of went their separate ways. And I think it, 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 I know it always hated Scott. And I know it, now in retrospect, you know, you know, talking to Cody since his, his father passed, it's just, I think he realizes, you know, that, um, I, I think that because like what, what, and people probably don't know the, 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 the kind of the breakdown of, of what happened as far as Scott passing and, uh, the timeline, but, uh, Scott had, um, was, you know, locked down. It was in a little, little, uh, duplex. They lived in New Smyrna or Smyrna, I think it is. Smyrna, Georgia. Uh, it's by, it's over by where the uh, Brave Stadium is. Mm-hmm. And, um, Scott was getting Grubhub and, you know, he had some Chinese, uh, takeout place that would bring him vodka. He told me all this shit. It wasn't like, you know, and, uh, he, uh, was making some, uh, Kool-Aid and he, he put the, uh, the plastic pitcher up to the refrigerator and the ice went in it, but a couple of the pieces of ice as always bounced out and landed on the floor. Mm-hmm. They went over, stirred it. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure it was crystal light because he did, he always ate pretty clean. And, um, he, uh, was going back to get something and like one of those pieces of ice caught his heel. He did the fucking whoops a daisy and fucking landed and broke his other hip. Mm-hmm. And he's in the middle of his living room. I mean, not the middle of his kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. And he's, he's in so much pain. He can't move. He, Tries to move several different times. He can't move. Finally, he passes out. He wakes up, and this, now it's it's nighttime. It's, so he's been. He has no idea. He can, he can see his phone, where his phone is over by his recliner, and on like in between. He's in between that and the Kool Aid. 
So that he, he, he ends up passing back out, wakes up. And at this point, he's just like, I'm so dehydrated. I, I, I'm going to, and he's got a defibrillator, uh, and a pacemaker in his heart. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to croak if I don't get some, some fluids. So he just, he turned and just gutted it and got his back to the, to the cabinet and reached up with two hands. He said like he was picking up a Fabergé egg and got that pitcher of Kool-Aid and just drank it like through the spout sip by sip. He said, you know, slowly it was like he got, you know, enough to him, and he was able to just drag himself to the. And he he called nine one one, and they came and got him, and, and they took him to the hospital. So he went to like Kennestone Hospital, which is you know like a fucking two two out of you know two out of five star hospital. Mm. And um, I don't think that Scott had insurance. I know Scott. I know Scott didn't have insurance. And um, but he needed um, he needed to get the hip fixed. And he had some other problems and some other issues, and they did some CAT scans, and, you know, he had some kind of perforation in his bowel. and uh, As a result it, of the fall? I, I don't know. It, it, right. As a result of CT scans. And you know, I, I talked to him a couple of times um, on the phone. I mean, I talked to him every day when he was in the hospital because there was an actual landline that I could call. And Dallas was, was, was you know, Dallas was, was really a, good, a, a great friend during this as far as being there for Scott. And what we're going to do is um, Dallas had, gotten, had just gotten uh, remarried to Paige, his, 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 his new wife. And they had talked about it, and Dallas, you know, asked would it be cool because Dallas has got a, you know, Dallas is the only motherfucker on earth that like upgraded his life at sixty. You know, he's got a big ass fucking house. Everybody else is trying to get out of their shit. You know, and Dallas is like, fuck it, <laughs> I don't have any kids. I'd die. Fuck, what are they gonna do? So, um, if you turn the house into a into a production studio for your well, rehab show, you get to write the whole fucking thing off, don't you? Well, I mean, he's got a he's got a, a studio. He's got a, a hell. He, for a while, there, his studio was doing half the A A E W uh, fucking editing and everything else when they fucking first kicked off. Uh, he's he's done well. So he he was keeping me in the loop, and then uh, but they were going to bring um, when it came time to get Scott out of the hospital, they were going to bring him to to Dallas's, and he was going to stay at Dallas's and kind of recover there. And, um, so I talked to Dallas, I was in, uh, Bobby Fulton had some show that I was at, that I was, I was signing with Kurt Angle and that was on Saturday and I got a call Sunday morning at, God, it was early and it was, uh, it was Paul and Paul said that, um, Scott had had three heart attacks and it was like, didn't look good. And... So I tried to get uh, a flight to Atlanta, couldn't. So went back to Daytona Beach and then couldn't get a flight out of Daytona Beach. And then they were just, at that point, they said that, you know, they were going to, to, to pull the plug. And the doctor said that it would be, you know, maybe 10 minutes that Scott be alive. So 
before they pulled the plug, we all, all the click guys, uh, got on speakerphone and we all talked to them. Our cried basically is all we did. And, uh, It was a few hours later, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, it was like seven hours later, and uh, Scott was still alive. And Scott's brother said that the only reason Scott's still alive is because he wanted to make sure that he lived he lived long enough where Dana missed her fucking flight and she couldn't go back to Colorado. <laughs> and I said, fuck yeah. I said, that's my boy right there, man. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know he heard you guys because they do say the last thing that goes is the hearing. So to anybody who um, gets that opportunity, <clears throat> To say something, even though you think someone can't receive it, there's enough evidence that they do. So it's good that you guys did that. It is. Um, How is Cody now? He has a daughter also, right? Yeah. Cassidy. um, Cassidy, I think it's, I I really need to call Cass because um, I haven't talked to her. Cody and I just kind of text back and forth. Uh, I know he's got a, a match with Moose coming up out in California. I think it's out in California against Moose. So uh, I'm going to de- definitely touch base with him uh, before he has that match. Um, but um, he's training. You know, he's I, I, he's he's living uh, where Scott. Where, you know, where Scott uh, was living. He he took over Scott's place, and uh, he's living there in Atlanta. And, um, just trying to, you know, he's 30 years old now. So he's, 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 you know, the age when I broke in. So it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder for him. Yeah. So uh, as far as coming to terms with, uh, with his relationship with Scott and stuff, is he, is he on a positive road? I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think that. Yeah, it's the old, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think it, you know, I just, he just, he, I think he realized, you know, as we all do in retrospect, that, you know, uh, he, he, uh, fucker was, a, he's a, he was a smart dude. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a lot of wisdom. And even though he had a lot of demons, you know, he had a hell of a lot more wisdom than he had demons. How did, um, now you know I got to go there. How, how did WWE do with handling Scott's passing? So close to uh, what was the date uh, that that uh, Scott died? Was it? Uh, he passed. He passed March fourteenth. Right. When was WrestleMania? April second. Okay, so it was two weeks. About two yeah. weeks. And they, you know, they they wanted to do some things and. I was, I just told them, I said, man, I said, I, you know, you guys can do whatever you want to do. You know, there was talk about doing like a hologram thing with Scott and some other things. I said, you guys can do whatever you want to do. I said, I'm not. I said, I'm not going to fucking say anything negative about anybody that wants to do something for him. I said, I just, 
I, I'm not ready, you know. And I, did, I fuck, I didn't leave my house for, I didn't go on the road. I didn't even shit for a while. I mean, I, that, you know, it's too soon. Yeah, it fucked me up. Yeah, it's too soon. Will there ever be another Scott Hall? Such a unique, such a unique no. guy. A talent worked everywhere. Universally regarded as one of the great workers, talkers, you know, had it all. And the thing was, too, is like he's so misunderstood. Like so many people, you know, will, will say he was a dick, you know, he was a prick. I never saw Scott ever walk by a homeless person and you know, not give money or. Really? Never. Wow. No. You know, I, uh, <clears throat> I just feel blessed that I got to know him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that... There's a, there's a few of us that know Scott. Mm -hmm. The rest of them, he didn't give a fuck, you know? He didn't give a fuck if you liked him, didn't like him. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's lost in, in all this very often. I mean, you, I guess you can't tell the Scott whole story without the addiction and the, and the story about the, the pills and the, the good times. Well, he shot somebody. With, with, the, with the... Yes. That's, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. The PTSD of that was always, mm -hmm. I used to tell Scott all the time, dude, alcohol's not your problem. It's your solution. Problem is what happened in the back of the fucking dollhouse. That's your problem. Scott's a Christian. Scott fucking to this day, you know, I, I pray that, you know, there is heaven. Uh, he just thought that he wasn't going. Did, did he ever get any counseling? Any, I'm not, I mean, he had rehab, he had the, the rehab stints, but. I, I, you know, the, our generation of people, do we, do we go, do we fucking get counseling? I don't know. Maybe not, but. Or do we go in, do we go in and if fucking somebody says something, you get in the car, you go, oh, fucking asshole, that fucking person doesn't know shit. Or every time Scott would go to rehab, you know, it would be like, hey, Scott, how's rehab? A uh, fucking drummer from Holes in here. Man, what a fucking mess. These people are fucking crazy as shit. Like, I'm not so bad at all. I thought I was fucked up until I got in here. Well, maybe that was the therapy, getting into remember rehab one time, remember one everybody time, else. I, mean, I think Kid <laughs> dropped him off, like one of them. That kid dropped him off, and, you know, they, they, they were both fucked up, and they Scott was saying that, that, ah, this is Scott Hall to, to, to Sean. And they were trying to tell Waltman he had to go in. And then fucking they, you know, Scott was fucking hammered. And, uh, you know, the, the, whoever the fuck was it, the administration person looked at him and he said, he said, oh, this is a nice start for you. And he goes, yeah, I figured this way here, maybe I'd get most improved. Set the floor. <laughs> South. Well, uh, it was a, uh, the, we could talk all day about Scott and, uh, and we, we won't, but, um, I'm glad you got some of the, uh, some of the real, 
the real stuff in there, the emotion. Yeah, you know, he let me. He loved his. He loved his. He loved his 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 kids. You know, and I think he tried the best he could to to, to be the best father. He did, you know. He but he loved his. He loved his his daughter. You know, he loved his son. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Uh, but. And it's good to hear that you guys had uh, had an opportunity to uh, to talk. I mean, COVID. Just, I mean, you mentioned what the precipitous downfall that mm. COVID caused someone like Scott with the uh, the isolation, you know, the forced isolation, and that um, which is the worst thing you can do if you're fucking battling demons. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. He's sitting there alone with all his demons. Fucking Don Quixote. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com. Listen, your uh, your public has questions for you, Kevin. Um, Should we give him a shot at you now? Let's see. Now you can always ask Kevin. Let's let's say ask Nash because that's what the hashtag is. Ask Nash at uh, on Twitter. And we're gonna be. uh, This is episode one. We'll be giving you guys some opportunities for some live stuff, and um, we have to work all that out. How what our uh, premium shows are gonna be, but we will give you an opportunity to do stuff live with us. Did we did we nix that uh, guess your inseam thing? Guess your inseam. Like that's you know what I thought with the. Um, oh, we just went out because we just changed it to once a month. We're just going to do cock talk. Yeah, the, I thought and it's going to be brought by. It's going to be brought to you by Norm McDonald. The dying sentiments <laughs> of the click to Scott Hall erased any levity about cock uh, that I had for you. The transition uh, into the Twitter thing I've been flirting with for ten minutes as we. As we talked about this, because I do have to tell you, Kevin and everybody else, that um, listen, you're obviously a fan of professional wrestling, right? You're not going to be listening to this or watching this if you're not. But whether you're a fan of wrestling today or you were glued to your TV on Monday nights and your favorite wrestlers were no longer active, we have the perfect free mobile game for you on both Android's Google Play and the Apple App Store. It's called Ultimate wrestling trivia ultimate wrestling trivia uh feel the uh, flood of memories come rushing back to you as you test your knowledge on all things from the world of professional wrestling by playing ultimate wrestling trivia you're not alone in this quest as they've enlisted the help of more than 30 of their uh, more famous friends to ask some of the questions and cheer you on they'll celebrate when you answer a question correctly or bust your chops when you get a question wrong this game has multiple former world champions, including five Hall of Famers, such as Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, Jerry the King Lawler. Download Ultimate Wrestling Trivia today. See where you stack up against the competition on the leaderboard. Maybe you can. Maybe there's a segment where you all compare your inseams. Download Ultimate Wrestling Trivia today. Um, you can search for it in the App Store on Apple or Google Play or go to UltimateWrestlingTrivia.com for more info. 
Um, if you like trivia, then you'll love Ultimate Wrestling Trivia, the free mobile game with over 10,000 questions. You're not going to get repeat questions, guys. 10,000 questions, more than 650 video questions, and over 30 wrestlers and legends, including Kevin Nash. Find out who knows more wrestling trivia between you and your friends when you all play in the same faction. To download, just search Ultimate Wrestling Trivia in the App Store on Apple or Google Play or go to UltimateWrestlingTrivia.com for more info. Thank you, Ultimate Wrestling Trivia, for, for sponsoring the Kevin Nash questions on Twitter. So let's see what we got here, Kev. Let's round this out. And uh, uh, Tommy Moore um, is up first. And uh, he is asking, let's see, Tommy Moore here. Where is his uh, Mr. Moore? Okay, so uh, who were some of the biggest head cases you ever had to work with in a match um, or were backstage? Do you also have any stories about these individuals? Thanks, big fan. Head cases. God. I mean, it, it, that's there's really not a lot of head cases. I mean, they get fucking, they get weeded out pretty damn quick. Nobody, you, you had to kind of walk away from it at one point. And go, holy fuck, what is that one talking about? Anyone really out to lunch? No, I mean, there were some people that were just, uh, I mean, they were just difficult to do business with because they had a perception of their character, or what they, you know. And, I mean, th those kind of things, just the, the butting up heads of, uh, of, of, you know. But, um, you know, like people would, would think that I would say, you know, that, that Bill Goldberg and I had, you know, and it was like Bill and I, like we were, I've known Bill Goldberg since I, I bounced and Bill was at, at the University of Georgia and he used to go into confettis and, you know, Pyre used to party with him when he was in in, in college. So it's like, Bill's been my friend. It's like, you know, a, a year of our life, it was intertwined kind of in a shitty way. And, and people think that, you know, that, that he was like, he, it was never a head case. Right. You know, he just, he just was, you know, he knew what he wanted to do and he knew it, it, he was being successful in doing that. And, you know, so, I mean, but did, I, I, did he give I, it, did he give the okay with you ending the streak, uh, because of your because uh, of your history, why you? Why was it you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know why it was me. I mean, uh, you would you would think it. You know, at one point it was because I was booking, but that's been proven false. Um, I think it's the fact that he knew that at sixty three years old, as I am right now, that I would look exactly like Ed Harris on Westworld. But um, <laughs> God, I got some fucking lines in my face. Um, no, I just put it this way. If Bill didn't want me to power bomb him and he would have fucking just fucking dead sacked my ass, <laughs> that son of a bitch. If you've ever seen, I mean, you ever watched that power bomb? He took that thing like, hmm. he took it like a pro, man. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, so I, 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 at this point in my life, I have nothing but love for Bill. Justin Terry asks, because wrestling has a deep tradition with handshakes, have you ever shaken hands with someone you didn't respect uh, or did you refuse to? Also, has anyone refused to shake your hand? No, nobody's ever, ever refused to shake my hand. And on top of that, it, the handshake thing is almost, um, I don't think it's respectful as much as it is tribal. 
Just kind of like, like you're the you're the boys. Like it's right. like you know. And then when you broke when we broke in, it was like you know, the, hey brother, hey brother. And then like slowly, guys like me got in there. We went oh, because that's the all the all the guys that tell you they say you want to fuck these guys up, man. Like I was like three forty, fucking shake their hand and just fucking smash it. And they'll think you're not smart at all. I'm working with you tonight. They're like, oh, fuck. Got a giant cement mixer here. Yeah. See, I'm 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 I'm, I'm siding with Matt Bourne with with a lot of the you guys really did, did smash tradition. We Let me did. tell you the the um a funny wrestler handshake story. I don't know if it if, if it was born out of the handshake. You can tell me where this tradition comes from. Just told this story again on Renee Dupree's show. Um, Harley Race. Uh, we were working with him one time, and uh, he, it was snowing, and he had to fly out very early for a wedding the next day to get back to Kansas City. And uh, and I stood to look out the window, and uh, and I, there was it was it was still snowing, and he says, uh, "It better lighten up out there, or this is going to cost you another grand." At which point, he reaches under me from behind and tweaks my balls. I th- I mean I'd heard of the wrestler's handshake. I was wondering if this was was part of that deal. Um, it, I I'm not selling it. You know I'm standing there just kind of looking out the window, going up. Oh, nope, still snowing, Harley. And he's he's cackling like a man, like a madman behind me. But you know I I got to tell everyone Harley Race grabbed my balls. You know what else he did that night that was amazing, Kevin? He took a bottle cap and he put it between these two fingers, like arguably the weakest fingers on the hand, right? This way, like uh, wide. And then folded it in half like a clamshell, and told we were just sitting there. He was he was pounding Bud Lights. I was sitting next to him. We were doing a take on a on a voice thing, and uh, and he he leans over. He goes, "Can you do this?" And I'm like, "Well, Harley, usually the answer is no, but show me." He fucking folded the bottle cap. Everyone talks about how tough he is. How he punched folding a bottle cap in half with these two fingers. I remember one time we were. He was my manager for like a year. He had me and, and Curtis Hughes. And uh, we're driving, and we get lost leaving the D.C. Armory. And the D.C. Armory is like, people from the hood won't go to the D.C. Armory. So we're leaving the D.C. Armory, and uh, lo and behold, like I said, I, I say, Harley, fuck, man, it's a, it's a one-way street. Yeah, I'm only going one way. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And, and one thing about Harley is, if you were going the wrong way, at least you were going a hundred. So thirty thirty minutes. It's like Harley. I think we need to go east. I think it's west. Half hour later, you know, you're you're four states with that son of a bitch driving one hundred and twenty in a rented Cadillac. So we end up pulling into Bethesda Naval Hospital. And the only reason he stopped is because there were armed guards there that actually pointed at the at the vehicle. He slams on the brakes, looks up, and he goes, unrolls the one, he goes, I'm fucking lost. How the fuck do I get to BWI? And the, the guys just walked over, and, the guy, and they just said, turn around, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Thank you. And I was just thinking to myself, like, we just had guns pointed at us, Harley. Like I told you, like eighteen minutes ago, we were going the wrong fucking way. He's Harley, though. You get away with it when you're Harley. Seven-time real world champion. Um, Salvatore asked. I told that motherfucker. 
Uh, anytime you want the Harley impression, by the way, during any story, it doesn't have to be a Harley story. Uh, I can throw it in. That. Yeah. Salvatore wants to know, Sean and Kevin, do you think Eric Roberts' acting coach feels guilty cashing Eric's checks? Well, that's stiff. You know what? Um, what was the what was the movie that he was in? Uh, Pulp Granite Village. Right. So, I did DOA with 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 Eric Roberts, and we spent a hundred and maybe a hundred and ten days in fucking China together. So and he's a really personable guy, and it was so great because we get there. And he's supposed to be like, you know, because he did a couple of those karate movies like early in his career. His fucking hip, he can barely fucking walk. And he's he's, he's supposed to do these fight scenes. He gets there. He's like, fuck, I can't do it. What are you going to do? <laughs> fuck you. So, but anyway, we we, we, we we would go down to the different, uh, like we were in Guilin. And we would go down to this uh, fucking hole-in-a-wall gym and train. And just take a little, you know, little like rickshaw, like little two seater. It was like a motorcycle with two seats in the back. We'd go to the gym and, and you know, we spent a lot of time together. And I just, I asked him, I said, you know, but just asked him about his career. And I asked him about, you know, he said, he said, you know, he said, I thought I was going to get the Oscar for that movie. He said, and that was the big buzz was I was going to get the Oscar. He said, when I didn't get the Oscar for that movie, I called my agent and I said, I'm going to fucking do everything that comes my way. I'm not going to turn down a fucking job, including the Mariah Carey video. I mean, that motherfucker, that was the whole thing. He just said, fuck it. If, this if, is if, after Pope of Greenwich Village. Yes, after Pope, he just said, fuck it. I'm going to do everything that comes my way. But he thought he was getting an Oscar for that, huh? Yep. It's a pretty strong performance. It's um, it's a committed performance. It's definitely uh, he chose an interesting I mean, it, it, way to go. Especially in the in the uh, supporting actor. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Manny, it was we just... got clubs. Lie, I put lie in this freaking drink. <laughs> um, JBL Cena fan two, the match with you and Shawn Michaels versus Razor and X Pac. Who's calling that one? It was straight up a greatest hits of all of you doing everything. Who's putting that match together as far as in ring? Off Everybody. the chart. Everybody. If you remember, I get fucking knocked out and I, I lay on the apron for like half of the match. And, um, but they wanted this because it, it was the, the story they wanted it, it told. So they, you know, they, they make the, they tell spot, you know, Scott to come over and stomp me during this specific spot. So Scott comes over and stomps me and Vince goes, oh, 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 that wasn't very bright. Wake up a sleeping giant. So we watched it. We watched it back later on and Scott's like, motherfucker, man, you told me to do that. But uh, that was all of us. That was, and it was so great too because, like, we went out. That was like the, we did like a challenge or whatever it was. But it was the first action zone match that they ever did. And um, so we did that match. And Pat Patterson came downstairs. We did it in White Plains. And Pat Patterson came downstairs and he said, "Vince, Vince gave you guys the rest of the night off. You're done." He says, "No, no, no you can't follow that." Mm. We we're like, "Ah, fuck, sweet." 
Can you just one one of the fans' favorites of the uh, shows we did together for Kayfabe commentaries was the Pat Patterson segment. So could you maybe just give me that as Pat? Could you do the impression? Of oh, Pat giving I, you the goddamn! You know Vince up there. He he's say you guy. You know super. You guys fucking the, they're up there. They're banana over it. So you guys go home. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> Kyle Ballman wondering if you you would ever write an autobiography of your life and wrestling career. No. That's a flat no? Just like yeah. that, huh? Yeah, I mean, fuck. I mean, my whole deal is I've lived this life. You know, it's like I've been, I've been to, besides Antarctica, there's no place on this planet I haven't fucking been. And I have no pictures, no nothing. What I have is um, here in my head. And... I can now Google search it and see how much it's changed. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just like every story I have, like if I tell, if I, if I, if I just did the click for three years and, and did that, um, that book, everybody is married. I mean, Paul's got three kids. Sean's a Christian. I mean, it's like, You'd have to unearth too many uh, skeletons. Yeah, it's like, saying. why? For what? For money? Well, you've done a lot of other stuff. You talked about being all over the world. You played basketball in Europe and, and smacked around the volunteers head coach. I mean, yeah. those stories alone would be uh, valuable. No? Well, you have a podcast. You don't need a book. We're exactly. I can, I can just I can talk shit on this. Exactly. Joe and, Stojic. And, yeah. And so, you know, the coach. the coach's name was Don DeVoe. Yes, Don DeVoe. Yeah, and I sm- and I just want to say, uh, I mean, now you know, in, in retrospect, fuck you. I wish I'd have punched you in the fucking head and just kept coming at you like fucking Tyson, you fucking puss. No, no remorse there. No. Joe Stojic, looking at some of the gimmicks in your early career that didn't work, Steel, Oz, Vegas, was it ever discussed for you to be something that touched on your past, i.e. basketball player, athlete, soldier, bouncer? You think any of those would have worked for you back then? Vinny Vegas was kind of a bouncer-ish. Vinny Vegas was the only one that I came up with. And that was good enough for Shawn Michaels to say, I like Vinny Vegas. Let's take this fucking bring him up here. So mm. I guess mine worked. But never about the tapping into the basketball thing or. No. And the last one. Basketball's wrong. not exactly one of those things you go, uh, I don't think I'd fuck with that guy. You know, he does play pro basketball. Yeah, no, but they tried that shit. I understand why he's asking this because this was at an era where you, you mean hockey, oh, you talk about when players was, and oh, the occupation. Yeah, every, every, yeah, everybody was an occupation. Right. Pig I always farmer. thought that I always thought that the the, the the best spot would be just a gynecologist. You know, well, think of the fucking promos. Oh. On the whole, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. You're going to feel a little scraping when I get done with you. Exactly. Is that cold? I love it. Very good. Um, Ronald will round us out here asking if you had a pre-match routine. That's interesting. This is, act- this is absolutely insane, okay? Because I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. But I would always, before, I mean, this is like right before I go to the ring, I would do 12 Hindu squats, 
On the 12th one, I would basically go into a catcher's stance. Like as low as I could, like put my ass to my fucking, my heels. And I would put my hands like this as I was, and I would put them like my knee on each side of my elbows. So I'm bent down like in a catcher's, something like this. And I would say the Lord's Prayer. And then I would go out to my music. Where did it come from? Why'd you start it? Because the first time I ever worked um, with Van Hammer, uh, back when we were, you know, breaking in, um, he came over to me and we were going to go through like a kind of at that time, a spot for two guys our side. We were going to do this over the top thing into a table. And he came over and he put his arms around me like this. And he went, hedge of protection, hedge of protection. And he walked away from me. And I just, in my mind, I was just like, ah, fuck, that was sweet. That's going to go good now. Like, I I, I actually like, like, oh, okay, I got a hedge of protection. Now, fuck, I can go right through that fucking table. Yeah. Hurt like shit. But, I mean, I, I did have that protection. Much like, car, much like Car Shield. Much like Car Shield, you get the hedge of protection. I, I'm yeah. going to work that into the next read next week. That's right. Very good. Uh, listen, probably not the most fun thing you could have done tonight, but better than a colonoscopy, right? Oof. As long as I don't find a polyp. Went two, uh, we went two hours with Nash. Went to, and you did too, our great listeners out there. Uh, thank you, Fred. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, uh, we're going to be more interactive. Uh, I, 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 this was uh, so I just wanted to get this out because um, I, I wanted to. to I, there was nothing I could talk about before I talked about Scott, so I just wanted to. And uh, yeah, no, this was day. the perfect perfect way to open it. Yeah, I miss I miss him every day. And you know, and I know uh, there's a lot of motherfuckers out there, man, that do. I just there was a if you follow me on Twitter, it's real Kevin Nash, and um, there's some uh, some gentlemen that 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 put out a uh, uh, a YouTube video that uh, showing some love for Scott, say goodbye to the bad guy, and uh, it, it's you can look at it on uh, on my page, and then. Uh, you download it or whatever you need to do. Yeah, it's cool. I did yeah. see that yesterday. It was not. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was, it was very. Very cool. Well, Click This is a production of Butch and Sundance Media, produced in association with Podcast Heat producer Steve Kaufman. Theme song by Dale Oliver. Additional music and research by Tristan Nash. Copyright twenty twenty two. Can we? Can Butch I break in real quick? Yeah. My sorry, Chief Morgan. So my, my my this this would not be uh been down there, but yeah. So this would not be uh happening if it wasn't for my my son, who's my 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 tech man, who uh who got everything going, and so I just wanted to. Oh, I'll confirm that 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 we we <laughs> we he, we we'd be trying to get connected on a fucking abacus or something here with the. So I wanted to give give a shout out to my my son for fucking number one putting up with me, but number two for fucking making sure I, I got this shit done. I much prefer calling Tristan with a question about like you know internet connection and you. You know what? <laughs> I, 
Okay, so you, you, this is from Bob Nash, my father, who I only had for eight years, but I'd learned fucking ninety nine percent of my uh, my values in life are from my from my dad. I remember one time my mom telling my dad, "Bob, you need to go out and paint the garage." And I remember him sitting there down at the kitchen table, going, "There's a guy in the phone book in the phone book, and his you look up painter." Right. And see what he does is he comes over to your house and he paints your shit and you give him money. And that's how he feeds his family. He said, I work for Ford Motor Company. You buy Ford Motor Company automobiles and you feed my family. He said, and it goes through. I mean, the, the fuller brush man came from our, our house. We bought my bet. My dad bought every brush the fucker had. If an American Indian came with the salt and pepper shakers. I mean, fucking, I mean, it, it, you came to our house selling shit. My dad was buying it because that's, a, but at the same time, it's just like. You're supporting was, the working man. You're yeah, he, working he didn't man. do shit. He didn't cut the lawn. He didn't do, you know. Well, so. in, in, in light of the Bob Nash story, it'd be pertinent to ask you. You want to do another one next week? Fuck yeah. All right, do another Thanks, buddy. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. The Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last-minute gifts across the store. Like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon. And save up to 50% on comfy, stylish outerwear for the whole fam. Add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1224. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.